right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Golf is back. We are back. Solly here. DJ Pie is here. Hello. Golf is back. Tron Carter is here. Return to golf. Copyright. Trademark. With with capital letters at the end, at the beginning of every one of those words, right? Neil Schuster is here. Is it really trademarked? Allegedly. Can you hit me an air horn? Golf's back, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Uh, we are jazzed up. We're going to talk about getting back to golf. Of course, we are talking about pro golf, which we're all very excited about. Those of you that are likely had a hiatus of your own from golf, maybe your season's just starting up. As always, our friends at Callaway have you covered. If you need to replace your worn grooves uh, from your backyard chipping sessions, the Jaws MD5 wedges now come in a tour-preferred raw finish. Have you guys seen this yet? I have. I said the last time I read an ad on the MD5s that I would order some, and I haven't done it yet. I really need to. The T-Grind really has my attention here. Also, dug around the website a little bit, found out the, like the X-Grind that I'm using on my wedge. Probably not great for Florida. I didn't really, hadn't really looked into that. I just got the Jaws back. I was playing the Kill House Rental set with the MD4s. The Jaws are back in the bag. I missed them. 100% would recommend. Love so, having them back. Lots of spin, baby. Sally, you should you should work with our in-house master fitter. Exactly. Well, you should have brought that up. <laughs> yeah, this, you, you came back from San Diego like five months ago. Uh, if your short game's rusty, they got plenty of wedge-cation content featuring Wesley Bryan and their chief wedge designer, Roger Cleveland, showing you how to hit all the shots. You can, of course, find that at CallawayGolf.com. This, is, this next one I want to talk to Neil about. If putters are more your speed right now, Odyssey Golf just released their classic number seven head shape. With the triple track alignment pattern, have you tried? You're the biggest triple track fan, I think, I in the group. Have you looked into a, a putter change with the triple track alignment? Ooh, I got to talk to Keisha about that. Say, um, let me know when Cali releases their freak leak yeah, series. Yeah, exactly. May, listen, I, I'd, I'd be open to a conversation. I'd read some literature, but uh, Keisha's also back in the bag, and I'm happy to have her back. They've also got uh, a line of Stroke Lab putters specifically designed for female golfers. Uh, those putters have a few more options in the shorter lengths and, and feature slimmer grips. You could take a look at the all-new Odyssey Triple Track 7 and Stroke Lab women's models at odysseygolf.com. Let's get to the Charles Schwab Challenge. I, I, th this feels like a major, honestly. It does. It's the fourth major. Explain that. Explain the, the mathematics that go into this. There's no British Open this year. Correct. Because they had pandemic insurance, yeah, which, which is, is sweet. Them in Wimbledon, man, planning ahead. So then, all right, so that's that's the four, you know, yeah. one of the four majors is out. Five. There's no John Deere Classic. That's what I'm saying. This year. So the fifth major is out. Two of the five are gone. This might be the third major then. There was no players, which, you know. It seems we, like it's what, you know, Masters, U.S. Open, Charles Schwab Challenge, PGA. Yeah, and the PGA. Yeah. Is what how I would do it, but it's wild that the PGA is the first major this year. I hadn't like fully thought it through until I was working on some schedule stuff last night. I was like, "Whoa, the first big like major of the year is going to be the PGA Championship, assuming everything goes off as planned." But I, I, I just I've given such pause to pro golf, and I've been very skeptical of it coming back. That I, I just it felt like when they released the schedule in mid-April that this was optimistic, and now it kind of it kind of feels right. They keep moving the PGA up the calendar. I think we've right. had uh, such a big chunk of time with no majors that it, it was easy to get very cynical. We had a lot of 
a lot of kind of filler events is what it felt like, and it feels like we finally got a, a big one. I was excited for the players, too. I yeah. felt the same way that week of the players when it was like, all right, let's let's quit messing around. Let's let's get back to some, some real big boy golf here, and, and it feels like we got that this week. I will raise my hand and say that I am the most casual golf fan sitting here at the table, and I am so – I woke up this morning, I was like, man, I am excited <laughs> to watch golf. TC was like, I want you active on, on the social media – you know, getting more. I'm I'm pumped, man. I'm gonna get warm. I'm gonna get all jacked up. I'm excited about this weekend. You could tell it's been a while since pro golf has been on TV, and that we are excited. We've forgotten what watching pro golf on TV is like. Seriously, I'm not. You know what? I'm not even doing that anymore. <laughs> no, I'm not even doing it. I'm the not. First doing this thing week. you said when you woke up yesterday morning, you're like, man, this has the potential to be a train wreck yeah, of a does. broadcast. No, it's gonna be I, sick. I'm no, excited. He said, he said great theater. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think said. I forget. I, I can look up my exact wording, but I basically said. Fantastic golf course, yes. favors many styles, insane field, which we'll get into in a minute. The potential that it could be a complete train wreck TV. Like that's always fun no to watch. fans. The weirdness of no fans is going to be like, it's going to be, un, it's going to be unlike any tournament we've ever watched. That it will be. I, I didn't fully understand or realize the dial back of the TV operations until I learned that Faldo is not even going to be on site. They're going to be piping him in remotely. So Nance is going to be Faldo, on site? Nance, Nance is in there. Faldo noises. Nance, I think this was Golf Digest. Or I forget where I read this, but uh, Nance is going to be in a tower on near 10, not necessarily even on 18. I don't know exactly why. And Faldo's not going to be there. I, I don't know how that works for Skype connection. If it's like... They should put Nance in the Goodyear blimp. Just have him above the course. Like, that would probably not so, be socially distant. So 10, <laughs> unless he's flying 10 it. T is right by the clubhouse. Yeah. Right. So is he going to be, you think he'll be by the T or by the green? I, I don't know. I don't remember exactly where he's going to be. I don't know why that is. 10 T is close to 18 green though, right? It is. Yeah. So yeah. maybe you can see both. The point is it's going to look a little different on TV this week, a little bit more more dialed back. Um, Listen, I'm in. Which, I'm giving them, for yeah. some stupid reason, I'm giving them the <laughs> well, benefit of the doubt. Fair question. Let's do it, is man. Is there going to be uh, signage to help with, um, like, bleachers so that guys can hit it off the bleachers? There's no, There's bleachers. no bleachers. Yeah, but are, are there signs? Hopefully they put some signs to you protect what I'm saying? Uh, because the ball. sponsors still have – Charles Schwab still has to get their, you know, mm. name. That's why they sponsor the tournament, to get their name out there, right? Like all these sponsors, need the, the bleachers are basically big billboards. So it'll be mm. interesting to see if they just fence it in, you know, for no reason. And if the players leverage that, and do they get temporary, immovable object really? I think that's going to be the most fascinating tournament for that is going to be Detroit because those. That was like the, the grandstanding invitation. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I think this one is more. It was basically like slam ball. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody played in those really tight. <laughs> The tight cage yeah. just bouncing balls off everywhere. I think that's what I'm most excited to watch. <laughs> you guys remember slam ball? Yes, of course. Just blowing out their ACLs <laughs> on those trampolines. Seven of the top ten. God, in the I'm world. excited. Let's do it. <laughs> Twenty-one of the top thirty. Thirty-seven of the top fifty. There's no cat, but uh, easily the best field that the Charles Schwab Challenge has ever had. And this tournament goes back. I mean. I don't know how you measure that in like the the forties, but well, so it's, it's, Justin Ray did a very objective measurement. The the world ranking started in nineteen eighty six. They've never even had the top two in the field at the same time, uh, and this year they have the top five. So that's that's wild, man. Yeah, I'd love to see like the cat. You cat played this event a few times back once. in the once, just once. once. I think he played once. I remember it was cat, and then Sergio was. I don't know Sergio won that year or was playing well that year, but. Sergio was hitting these low, you know, like he could barely get it over the front of the tee box, <laughs> but it was rolling out a hundred yards. Like a course like this or a course like Harbortown, I've been banging this drum for a while now. Like I want to see Cat play at courses like that because 
it neutralizes the driver a little bit more, and he's the best iron player in the world. It's weird that the first three events back are all short courses or courses that are it's not awesome. that don't fit the profile. So I'm surprised Tiger's Even the first four. What's the fourth? Detroit. Yeah. I'm surprised Tiger's not playing this one. Like I, he's going to have to play sometime over the next like 4 weeks, right? And this one I would have thought it would make the most sense. You can get some rest after it. Before. Check it out though. Does he have to play? <laughs> He doesn't have to, but I would think that he would want to. If he was, you know, in that good a shape, playing that well at the match, and I know that's 18 holes in a cart, which is very different than 72 <laughs> holes at 95 degree heat. Which that, that's as I'm saying it out loud time. now, I that makes a lot more sense. But what if he's planning on pulling privacy into the Harbor Town? Oh, I was into, the Cal- into the Calabogi Sound. <laughs> he might actually get some privacy with yeah. no fans there. Yeah. So um, no word on heritage or travelers for the cat. For the cat, not yet. Not okay. yet. I heard a, a rumor on the Travelers that's not great, like as far as it happening. Like I, just some rumblings. I have no idea what to put to it. But Connecticut that, that he won't play. No, that they're well, that, that the that tournament might that, exist. Yes, oh. rumblings, rumblings. Just that mm. it's not not great. Mm. I don't know. I have no idea uh, to that. A player was talking about how there's some potential for that. I don't, I'm not close enough to the situation there, but I hope, hope that's not the case. Maybe they Sources. do three in a row at, uh, at yeah. uh, Muirfield then. That would be wild. Tom Amansky. Back to back to back. <laughs> so don't put necessarily put any credence to that. I regret even saying that. There's one guy that was like, oh, hey, I heard, I heard Travelers isn't going to work. I, I hope the Scottish guys beat you up for that take. The last couple this, times we've not gotten... Just, Scottish guys don't just beat you up over random stuff. Well, they beat me up when over, they, and Scottish, I to beat over you Scottish things. Yeah, well, who cares? <laughs> Let them expand. They'll just beat you up for whatever. The last few little nuggets we've gotten have all turned out to be true. It's though. wild. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, we're going to talk some about uh, M- Memorial and the fans coming back at Muirfield Village and whatnot. We did a little pick segment. We did this on uh, a, a video segment that we has been on our social media sponsored by DraftKings, kind of just something we're going to do, little 10-minute videos, making some picks, but had some interesting conversations on it, on Colonial, the golf course, how it's going to play, and uh, some of the situations we're going to find ourselves in. Neil's our resident horrible horseshoe expert. He's He has not played <laughs> any of the other holes in the course, just... I have horrible. walked the other holes, though, so I know what they look like, but you, yes. You've played the horrible horseshoe six times? Yeah, six times in a row with Randy. Which is holes three, four, and five. Yes, and I, I believe we shot 89. Yeah. Yeah, so it was... Pretty horrible, <laughs> honestly. Uh, that, but you know what? The part, like for instance, number four, the par three. Like, you know, I'm hitting five wood. I think last year into that, these guys are hitting four iron. I think the way they hit the ball so high, I don't think it's quite as horrible for them. It's not great. I, five is so hard. Five is yeah. My, five is tough. I can't look at that hole and not think of the Steve Elkington podcast when he's like, Lee Trevino would get up on that tee box, hit that fairway, and just turn around and be like, "Man, I can't believe I hit that fairway. That's the hardest fairway in the world to hit." <laughs> Meanwhile, two other guys still had to hit, and that's all I think about when I see that hole now. That hole is impossible. Um, it, it's so it's it, got to be like one of one of it. I don't even know that the stats bear this out, but I've never stood on a PJ Tour golf hole. And been more intimidated. Like this, man, how the hell are you supposed to play this one? It's like 10 times more than 18 at Sawgrass. Oh, yeah. Or... Hazard up the right, and then there's just this valley of ashes down the left. <laughs> there, there's a plaque there to remember. Right. I can't remember the guy's name, but it's just like you have the worst stance in the world down there. It's OB, hitting... OB left at the driving range. Yeah, with the dri- way left. And then, yeah. Ugh, last, <laughs> last year, we watched Bryson spray one dead right into the hazard. And he wasn't even off the tee box yet, and Tron's like, what, what? He's about to take a bad drop. Yeah. He's about to take a bad <laughs> drop. He was, was about to call it in. Listen, man, you got to watch these guys. Well, he's playing with Max, and TC was like, hey, Max, Max, watch him. Watch him. 
Well, all right, you're going to hear a lot this week that this is not a bomber's paradise, that you know anyone can win here, anyone can compete here. Can anyone tell the listeners why that might be? Well, I think the most obvious answer is it's, you know, kind of old school tree lined golf, right? You got to like, you know, a lot of holes call for a certain shot shape. A lot of holes call for, you know, Hey, there's tree limbs off this tee. You can't just, you know, hit a mega bomb here. You got to place yourself in the fairway. The fairways run out really fast, uh, typically. So, you know, you need a lot more control on, on where you're hitting it. I, I, you know, I'll never forget being at colonial for the first time and kind of hearing, I think it was the the tournament chairman was talking about it and it was kind of like, you know, there's this great, this great history here and it's such a shot makers golf course. And, you know, people like, you know, that's been our identity for so long is, you know, people like Hogan play well here and they're so good at turning it right to left or left to right and really fitting these shots in there. And then kind of like all the expression drained off his face and was like, yeah, then, uh, yeah, then I was watching John Rahm play it a couple years ago and man, like he just blows it over like all these corners. And so it's, Seems like it's at a very interesting time in the PJ Tour right now, where you know even courses like this are are starting to uh, you know the cheat codes are starting to be unlocked by these mega bombers, which is actually like I think it almost makes it like one of the most interesting times for this tournament, right? Because it, it's the bombers can play well there, and like look at John Rom's record, and he doesn't you know we played with him in the pro am, like he hits driver on every hole, yeah. <laughs> Like he doesn't, he's not trying to fit shots in there. And like, he's just a really great driver of the golf ball. And I think that's, what's going to be so interesting is seeing Rory there this week, seeing JT there this week, seeing Dustin there this week, Brooks, like these guys who just hit it so long and so high and so straight. Bryson might weigh 270 now. We don't know. So what's cool is like, you have all that kind of really ramping up over the last few years, but then you also have guys like Kisner have won there and Kevin Nas won there and like, it is a true mix of yeah. guys who can play well, which is awesome. I'll, I'll say this about the way it sets up for bombers is that it, the courses that we love to call bombers paradises are where you can blast driver and it's less risky. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. Yeah, I agree. You can agree. hit it over corners and stuff, but it's not like, so we were walking with Kisner. Play. When we at Aronimic in 2018, when you were playing with Kevin, Trump was playing with Kevin Kisner in the pro-am, we're asking about the course. He's like, yeah, I hate it because all the bunkers are exactly where I would hit it. And somebody like DJ doesn't even have to think about the bunkers. And that's not necessarily the case with Colonial. Depending on the wind, there might be some bunkers that guys can fly it over all of them. But what I remember about it is, you know, it's kind of can be open in certain spots, but where you want to hit it, there are almost, there's bunkers on both sides of the fairway. Yeah. And it is a big, big carry to clear them. And it's not like no matter what, you don't even have to think about them. It is like, no, we still have to avoid these bunkers in some way. Well, and so. the greens are tiny. Yes. that's. I think that's the other component that really shines through is the greens are tiny. Now, I'm curious to see the setup this week as far as the rough goes. We're into June. They're going to have to water the hell out of the greens to keep them alive. Well, one thing, I yeah, think. one thing you mentioned is that like the weirdest flex ever, they have bent greens, yeah. which is nuts for Fort Worth, Texas, uh, where everything else is going to be, they know, take I'm not pride a, in a big agronomy guy, but everything else around there is going to be Bermuda of all sorts, right? And this was one of the things that the, you know, the the former owner of the course was like, no, we're, we're having bent greens. I love bent greens. We're keeping bent greens. And talking to the super, he's like, God, it is it is so hard, <laughs> so hard to maintain these things, man. And so, yeah. But, that, but, but like, that's part of the reason why they're like, the scores are always so low is because, right. you know, you can stop, you can stop the ball in there, especially when they have to water them and you can make a ton of putts. Well, and I'm, I'm going to just quote Justin Ray's uh, 
piece that he writes a great like 10 thing, you know, kind of 10 stats to know for uh, the 15th club every week. And one of the things was like how much better good putters can separate themselves or how much more good putters can separate themselves at colonial. And so like the strokes gained, the average strokes gained putting winner is always, you know, way higher at colonial. There's a bigger disparity. And I wonder how much of that is because the greens are so true. While we are fawning over Colonial and all the interesting elements of it, we would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about our friends at Pinehurst. Sure. How about that transition here? <laughs> How about it? Neil didn't had no idea where I was going with that. We talk about Pinehurst a lot. It is a place that I was actually trying to sneak up there at some point this month, and I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. Pro golf coming back kind of makes it a little bit, a little bit more challenging. There's nine golf courses at Pinehurst. Then, of course, they have the Thistledew, Putting Green, and the Cradle. We uh, documented all this in our trip there last fall with our Torosaw season five. Uh, I've talked a lot about Pinehurst two being one of his being my favorite course to play in the United States. Uh, if you've started planning trips for this year, this is where you want to be looking, especially with the fun options you have like Pinehurst number three to complement a day, maybe at number two and number four, the cradle, the par three course. Uh, what what are some of the other offerings here at Pinehurst that I'm not thinking of? Uh, the brewery is the a good spot, you know, non-golf standpoint. Uh, the brewery is great. Uh, and just a lot of places like around, you know, around the village. The, the Pinecrest Inn, always a good place to go, you know, chip some balls in the evening. Uh, anyone who's been there will know what I mean by that. And uh, the yeah. Tufts Archives, the Tufts Archives. That's a you know that's the place not many people mention. But shout out to the the Moriartys, uh, Audrey Moriarty, the curator. Of I'd it. also say I've uh, road trips. Take road trips. Yeah, if Pinehurst yeah. is within ten hours, I'm telling you, most of our listeners I've are been, on the Eastern Seaboard. That's like what I'm it's, saying. it's I've worth hit, it. You know, the drive from New York to Jackson three or four times this year already, and it's 15 hours. And I'll tell you what, you know, you get a good podcast going in the car and plan a weekend. It's kind of nice to be, uh, you know, you can be safe in your car and get to your destination and then drive home after that. I'll say this about Pinehurst is you're going to get a complete golf trip experience there with the, the number of offerings they have there, uh, the, just the whole golf in the whole Sandhills area. You know, there's a lot of a lot of pictures popping up from people taking a lot of trips now, but Pinehurst is one of the places that's in striking range for a lot of people that live in the East, and uh, you can get a just a full golf. They're ready. They're ready for some golf in that area. I think everyone's ready to take a golf trip. So pinehurst.com for a lot more information on that. Um, do you guys want to talk a bit about uh, – we haven't really talked at all about COVID. Like we have kind of a – there's not been a lot to talk about in that regard for several months, but this will be the first sporting event, first big major event. Uh, is that safe to say? Big major event? Like UFC has been back. Indy, Indy car race yeah, over the weekend. Race. Maybe not the first. But, but no, I mean, that's that makes sense, I, I think, outside of fighting and automobiles. I think there's been some Korean baseball. Come yeah, back. but then they got paused again. Yeah. Are you guys nervous <laughs> Listen, at it's all? it's a big event. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a big event. <laughs> yeah. Russian table tennis, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, no, they... Uh, ESPN's beating up cornhole. Right. Right? <laughs> They've been playing tons of uh, cornhole on the weekends. <laughs> What do you got? I mean, have you guys versed yourself in the the handbook of uh, of the COVID procedures? And do we think that this is a safe thing to be doing? Let me say, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> absolutely not. I have not versed myself. Not I absolutely said it not. To it's you. not. No, I, I know. And I started reading it for uh, three it's a, seconds. It's a pretty dense read. I'm I like, why? The PDF like, as well. Who am I gonna like? What do I need to weigh in on this for? Like, I'm sure there's much smarter people. Uh, I will, you know, I'll give the tour the benefit of the doubt on on what they're doing because, like. There's no real incentive for them for for someone to catch uh, COVID. I don't think that would be a good situation. So, I, I don't know. I, I if anyone has strong opinions on what they should be doing differently, by all means. But I I wouldn't call myself an expert well, on it, infectious disease. It gave the tour an opportunity to sign up a new official marketing partner. 
No free ads, but uh, <laughs> Sanford Health becomes the official COVID-19 on-site testing provider of the PGA Tour. So, how cool is that? That's reason to celebrate. Glass half full for the tour. We signed up a new sponsor. <laughs> COVID testing like a boss, just like the, the PDF <laughs> like a boss. Have you? Do you have strong strong feelings on testing SZN? No, I, I don't have I, – I, I think, like I said, uh, two months ago, I, did, I couldn't have pictured this really happening, and it seems – we're trending towards things opening up and living in this world where now it's just not going to be mass gatherings, right? Like I don't think we're going to eradicate the world of this disease in any time, any, anytime soon. But if we can continue to slow the spread, maintain the spread of it, then we can get together under heavily tested environments and conduct professional sporting events. I think we had to put a stop to it and kind of take, you know, toll of everything going on in the world. And it is, probably as close to time to open that back up and figure that out as we're going to get. It's so a, we're going to figure out if this is going to work I'd in our say, world. I'd say anecdotally, I, the last three months, I've felt most comfortable around other people outside. And yeah. this is outside. And if the players and the people that are going into the facilities are going to be tested and the doors will be open and they're doing everything they can to limit those choke points, I think it's, you know, I'm full, full two thumbs up support it. Do you think we see any withdrawals? Withdrawals based on safety or withdrawals based on well, they're not going to announce positive. like, "Hey, this guy withdrew because of COVID," but it it will be a with like he'll be forced to withdraw. They should announce. I don't know if they will. To your point, but no, like, they they won't because it's like like I know, but they no, should. Yeah. I would uh, the player uh, the player can the player can, yeah. and I would assume that they would want to either clarify, "No, this is not." Or like just get out in front of it because they they need to disclose to other players. They're not going to go to contain that, right? They have to tell the other players if somebody tested they have positive, to trace right? It. Which I mean, they couldn't even keep the driver testing stuff secret. <laughs> so I can't imagine, <laughs> right? Yes, I mean, if a player yeah, tests yeah. positive, they have to tell the other players, right? I would think so. So, yeah, but it, I, well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And caddies too, you know. Yeah. Um, what they? Uh, but a, 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 te- a positive are test. Are they keeping the not, pins in? Pulling the sticks? They'll okay. be removing the pins. So that's they'll be wiped down. That's though. where I caddies get. have to. I think caddies are carrying like <laughs> sanitizing wipes and stuff. Okay. Uh, so they'll be doing that. But. Which I think it's bullshit that they're doing rakes in the bunkers. Oh, yeah, I was thrilled that I I thought we were going to get PJ Tour events with unraked bunkers, yeah. which would have been the, which, if they would have that would have been ball in hand though. I, I, it's even improved. still that's kind of chaos. I've gotten fun. less bad lies in the bunkers of late, at least playing around here, like without rakes than with rakes. You get to move it. Really? No, no. <laughs> that sounds like a cherry pick sample. Uh, I'm not sure I, about I, that. I don't know that. I, I think that's just I how bad that the you bunkers should, are. Yeah, I don't know that you should ride on the block of no. like bunkers are actually better maintained without They're rakes. They're hazards, man. No, I agree. That's fine, but that doesn't mean you're getting better lies. <laughs> yeah, Those yeah, are two push, separate things. I'm going to push back on that one. Uh, I think the players are probably going to go pretty stir-crazy over the next few weeks. Just like locked in the hotels. And yeah. What's the uh, what's there's the travel be a lot from of attorney to attorney? Streaming. There's a going charter. On. There's to a charter 737 charter. To that, I would say, that's what the money's for. No, uh, totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the charter's got 115 seats. And then, you know, I'm sure like they, they did a NetJets thing. I'm sure there's there's all sorts of guys flying private. But um, Do you think guys are going to practice more? Like be at the course practicing more just because there's, there's nothing else to do. Nothing else to do. I think people have gotten pretty good at quarantining and yeah. like going and hanging out in your hotel and watching something. That's true. So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, it's just going to be weird that there's just not going to be that much coverage of it as far as there's not many media on site. I mean, I'd, I kind of wanted to see some pictures from the practice round today of just fanless practice round. I haven't, I, we've been, you know, 
doing stuff for the last 30 minutes. I haven't really seen any, but it, I just, I'm very curious to see how this is going to play out. And Same. I'm excited for it, though. I mean, I think, I do think it is time. Let me um, ask you this not that much media on site. Does that allow the tour to control the narrative? Absolutely. In what way? No, well, I just think, you know, it, it, it allows them to pick and choose who their preferred messengers are. I, I don't really know who's going to be on site. Um, that'd be interesting to see. I would well, imagine it's. Will they be doing interviews and press room stuff? They've got a a flash zone, and then um, yeah, and then basically basically like Skype interviews, sequestered to okay. So can like journalists call in questions to ask virtually? Like is that like people from I don't think that cover the tour? No, feels like it's. uh, I'm totally guessing based on what I read, but I, I sounded like it was like a virtual. A virtual press conference, which means I'm guessing there's like a computer in one room and a computer in the other room, and like guys can yeah. ask questions that way. So I'm guessing you have to be in that room to. Because I would like some players to be asked like how safe they feel. Do they feel like that? You know, procedures. I, I imagine their answers are going to be pretty. Which I can't PC, imagine. But I, I can't imagine a tour somebody from that, the tour that's asking what that. I'm getting. Well, at, totally. Right? But I I also can't imagine they they would limit credentials. You know, it's not going to be only like golf TV. You know, I'm sure they'll, you know, Doug Ferguson will be there. And Herrig will be, be there. Yeah, yeah Herrig will be there and Golf Channel people and stuff. Um, so Do they all need to follow the testing protocols? I don't know. Good question. Good question. I think they're doing like on-site temperature te- tests or something. I don't know. This isn't a, you know, I'm not an authority on this. Do you guys want to go through some of your some of your picks that we dug up? I would love to. Yeah. Just through some of the players maybe. that like Sure. I think uh, <laughs> diving in again, we need to cut Justin Ray a, uh, a, a portion <laughs> of the proceeds from this podcast. But uh, I was very nervous, you know, not nervous, but you're looking when you're trying to make picks, you're like, oh, how have they played here in the past? And looking at Rory, obviously, is the number one player in the world. Uh, so he's kind of where your mind goes first. And I was like, oh, he's never played Colonial. And Justin Ray coming in big with the stat that since the beginning of 2019, he's played a particular PJ Tour event for the first time uh, four times. Uh, so he's played a new event four times, and he's finished in the top five each of those times, including a win uh, in Canada, a historic win from from what I remember. So that, listen, that's interesting. <laughs> really? <laughs> how how much correlation do you think there is to the, like, maybe I'm selective reasoning, thinking about Finau, like having success here, as far as like, you know, you don't, being a bomber and still being able to play well in this golf well, course. I think so don't eliminate JT and Rory is what no, I'm saying. Oh, hell no. I just think of Finau, like there's, what is it? The kind of shortish par four on the front seven, I think, where you can hit basically whatever you want off that tee. It narrows between the trees. And it narrows yeah. between the trees and everything. And I just remember watching a couple of years ago in Finau hitting the sexiest three iron I think I've ever seen. And like he can hit that, you know, almost 300 yards yeah. all around this course all week. And like that, that, so just because you're a bomber doesn't mean that, that you're, your advantage is only with driver. No, I, I right? can't believe we're jumping right to Fino. Uh, with this, with the field that has gathered here, that is insulting to jump right to one-time PGA Tour winner, oh Puerto Rico God, Open champion. That is such a Tony loaded Fino. statement. No, I think that's that a, is that's that's a very good. Like, Colonial, more than, maybe more than anywhere on the PGA Tour is all where right. dogs win. If, if, if we're all, all going to get up on our personal soapbox, you, you all should, I want a, a little affirmation from everybody here. Did you guys see who was 35 to 1? Yes, Scotty we Shuffler. Saw. We saw. Sung J.M. Sung J.M. <laughs> Scotty, Scotty Shuffler. Which I think is kind of... Look, I mean, Sung J.M. 
And I don't think he should be 35. You know who's 45 to 1? Jordan Spieth. Scotty Scheffler is 35 to 1. Jordan Spieth is 45. I think you're completely Michael Jordaning this disrespect for Scotty Scheffler. I don't remember any of us ever saying <laughs> yeah. anything against Scotty Scheffler. I think you were always like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. He is good. He's yeah. an international player. He's one of the, in my opinion, he's one of the top 20 players in the world right now. Not only, like, <laughs> You can cite how good his play has been. Like odds don't mean anything. Like he's just getting respect in the odds. Like, yeah, it would be Everybody better to point out how great he is, including us. We have been around. We just hate your FedEx Cup team. Well, speaking of my FedEx Cup team, I also want to give a shout out to Tyler Duncan. Two seventy to one seems. Uh, uh, we said this in our video also, but he has been tearing up the uh, the TPC. So at, at TPC Sawgrass the past several weeks, they've been doing a like a Wednesday Thursday game. It's like a four hundred dollar buy in. It shout features out, shout out to Fred Funk. He put all that together. Yeah, there's uh, you know buy ins from all kinds of pros in the area, and uh, they play for some cash. And every time I look at those leaderboards, Tyler Duncan is right near the top. Shot sixty three last week, I think, and it was. Windy and rainy, and I think it was four or five lower than the next closest guy. Yeah, on he, stadium, he got run down by Sam Ryder, who like he's like he played good enough. To, Duncan played good enough to win, and Ryder came and got him. But, Ryder died. Uh, he's been playing some really good golf, and it doesn't seem that doesn't seem to be factored in a lot of the odds. So you can get some really good odds on top ten for there. And Jim Furyk also had a great showing up at Sea Island and has been playing a lot leading into this. So. Jim Furyk and Brian Gay both tied for thirteenth last year. There you at go. This event. I'd like Furyk's to call 50 out to one. Uh, as I did in the video, that Ches Reevy and Matthew Wolf are both 150 to 1. I think it's a travesty that Ches didn't get invited to play in the uh, TaylorMade match. How does Wolf? <laughs> and uh, I'd be picking <laughs> I'll be picking Ches at 12 to 1 to make the top 10. Can I stop for a second? This is like the best field that's been gathered <laughs> at a PJ Tour event, and you guys have brought up fucking Sam Ryder and Tyler Duncan and Ches Reevy. Like, this is the how kind about of John Rom? How about and John Rom? And don't forget Brian Gay. This is the kind of tournament where Ches. No, he he mixes not. it up with the dogs. It's a hundred percent not. Yes, it is. Yes, it's it the is. kind of tournament where fucking John Rom no, 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 win. No. It's gonna be Ches a dog the fight. Best. Ches hustles his way into the top ten. Yeah. That's what that's. that's Would you like prediction. to do a heads up, John Rom versus Ches Reed? No, I didn't say he was going to win. I said, well, then why are we 10? talking about it's it? It's going to be an old school dog he fight. How picks you like? That's Bad pick news, like. kennels. We're, uh, we're, we're doing it. Yes. Go ahead. Read the top seven in the world as it, who's yeah. going to play well this week. Yeah. Well, you, of all people, yeah, exactly. should appreciate the Ches pick. No, I get it. and But we'll get there. But what, what I'm trying to say is like, Rory McIlroy. Let's talk about Rory McIlroy. What, I, what John Rahm, we Rory is good at golf. John Rom is good at golf. Those aren't fun to talk about. Tell the Rory stat. Again, from from uh, Justin Ray. I already did. He just did. Oh, you did. <laughs> of the first first appearance in a yeah, it was like uh, four <laughs> minutes ago. 66, 66 yeah. on the weekend. Mackenzie Hughes. <laughs> we only need to say it. Uh, I, I just I'm befuddled. Here's at, here's Tron real quick. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm befuddled that we're not talking about like. What do you want JT? to talk about? I, I just. I don't know. Is this like a long shots right, podcast? I'll, I'll make a, you guys a are all favorite just being hipsters. I, I'll, I'll put it right here. I think I'm going to pick Bryson DeChambeau not to win this week. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Let's get into that. <laughs> okay. So are you going to take the other side of that argument? Well, no. I, listen, we'll get to like who we actually think is going to win. But I think talking about the fact that Bryson, like, is Bryson going to weigh 300 pounds when he shows up this week? Nobody knows what, like. Yeah, he might tear his lats what's off he gonna, his spine. What's he going to look like? What kind of lines is he going to be taking? Like, Neil listen, maybe, this is the stuff I want to talk about. Not t- Bryson might. No disrespect to Sam Ryder. Bryson might know? be higher risk for COVID now because he's like, <laughs> he's like statistically obese just because of his. 
That's his a, weight listen, versus I'm, his height. I don't Hell know. Yeah. Some, some see, the you tough guys on Twitter players, come at the, you for his, his no his body mass index is actually much lower than you think it is. The haters and losers have gotten to Neil. Exactly. No doubt. No, 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 I'm Why do you hate the Scots? I'm comfortable on my take that I just don't think one, I don't think Bryce is gonna win this week. And two, I think that the training I'm very interested to see what the tra- how the training is going to impact his game over the long term not in the short term Neil has definitely got me more excited to watch Bryson because I, I was not following the weightlifting close enough and all right I, something I thought was interesting the top three as far as odds go Rory Rom JT next Webb really? that's what I was gonna say is like when you're talking shot makers like kind of not bombers, like who's really going to shine? Like Webb is like the prototype. So then, space, so right? then you go Webb at twenty-two to one, and then Bryson and Brooks at twenty-five to one, Xander at twenty-eight to one, Dustin at thirty to one, Patrick Reed at thirty to one, Ricky and Scotty Scheffler and Sung Jay at thirty-five to one, Finau, Kucher, Leishman, and Spieth at forty-five to one, and then I think a guy that we need to be talking more about on a course like this, Colin Morikawa, fifty to one, on, along uh, with Justin Rose at fifty to one. That's wild. When was the last time Justin Rose was 50 to 1? Along those uh, boat lines, won at. The, uh, what you're talking about there. So we're going to talk some official world golf rankings here in a little bit. If you look at the Sagarin rankings, who would you – you're looking at my screen, DJ, so you can't say. But who do you think the number one player in the world is in the Sagarin rankings, like the, the hot list of golf rankings? Basically, who's the hottest? Who's been playing the best golf? It's uh, been three months. This was but, pre-COVID? Yeah. Uh, Rory's number two. Sungjae? Sungjae M is number 15. Number one is Webb Simpson. Really? That makes sense. I had him on my pick list for sure. Number three, Patrick Cantley. Number four, John Rahm. Number five, Colin Morikawa. Wow. Morikawa is getting tragically underrated. Yeah. So I think 50 to one for Morikawa, five to one to finish in the top top 10. I mean, that's a that's a value there. And then I think Hovland at 70 to one too. He's another, you know. Hovland's been playing on some underrated golf as well. How about this? Uh, the 35 to one guys. Ricky Fowler, Scotty Scheffler, Sung J M. You got to pick one of them. What do you take? Sung J. Sung J. Sung J. Scotty. You know Sung J's been playing a lot of golf. <laughs> I think he picks up layoff. right where he left I off. I think so too. Right? He kind of broke through before the uh, quarantine. Can I? Another one I thought was interesting. Jason Day, sixty-six to one. Gosh. Which you know, it's. I, I think. Listen. John was on that the, block. The tide is turning. I, I don't think the odds makers think that he's going to make it through the week. It's going to be 100 That's, degrees. That was my prop bet. I wish there was a prop bet for Jason Day withdrawing. Like, what are the odds of that? Especially in the heat with the pandemic. Can I go out? I'd love to get playing. a line on that. Can I go out on a limb here? Is this a safe space? Sean, I know you're going to. I know you're going to walk out there with me. You guys, you don't have to if you don't want to. Who do we think has benefited the most from golf shutting down for months on end? Uh, maybe clearing their head, maybe uh, you know. Stinky Jordan. Jordan Spieth, forty-six to one. Can I read Jordan Spieth's results at Colonial for you guys going back to twenty thirteen? Please. T seven, twenty thirteen. T fourteen. T two. Win. T two. T thirty two. T eight. Last year. I know. I I feel like the X Files guy. Like I just I want to believe. I want this. Yeah. I I want it to turn around so I, I bad. Think it's more of a, I can't quit you. I cannot quit. But if he's gonna turn around, why not? You know, sleeping in his own bed, place he's mega comfortable. I don't know. Is his own bed an, an approved? Lodging I think players choice? are allowed to stay at home. Okay. Or they're strongly suggested to stay at the, the okay. host hotel. I assume he's staying at home. I I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I guess. But any long is there shots? any ch- is there any chance Spieth like? 
turns it around or is this like yes. a, you know, who, oh, yes. can, who can say it's going to be fun to watch? It's <laughs> Yeah, it's not been horrible. He's not missing eight cuts in a row. He just is making too many bogeys. He's making plenty of birdies and making too many bogeys. Would it be fair to say that he seems there's a few comfortable places where he can still piece it together the last couple of years? Which, this being one of them. The, right? the next like three Augusta, events seem like, like I can do it. I can. I know my way around here. I can do. Traveler seems like a damn good place for him too. My issue with Spieth is like seventy-two holes seems like too many for him right now. He has spurts. He has you know an eight-hole stretch where it's this, and then it's three holes where he just gives them right God, back. That's bulletin board material. <laughs> no, guy. take it like that. Like I'm sure he would say this. Like I, nobody's rooting harder for Spieth than I am. But it just seems like. Even if he makes a run, it just seems like too many opportunities to make bogeys. And it, as much as you know, tour golf is about making birdies. It's even more so about not making bogeys. Do you guys well, want to do picks? Like official, we've we've thrown out a lot of information here, but sure, sure. All right, everybody, come with one official pick and one long shot pick. Tyler Duncan's my long shot. Okay. Official pick is Sung Jay at thirty-five to one. Uh, I'm going JT. At sixteen to one, and then my long shot's gonna be Harris English seventy-five to one. Guy was absolutely love that, killing it before the shutdown, and he's played well here before. I'm going with Jordan. Hell yeah! Is that your long shot? Or no, your... that's, my, <laughs> that's my pick. And then uh, I'm going with JT Poston at one sixty to one. I'm with Webb. Yeah, twenty-two to one, and my long shot I think is Kisner ninety to one. Like, Guys, nobody like is John Rom becoming. The forgotten Both man. like the best player in the world and the forgotten man simultaneously. He's, he was my second pick, like very close to JT. It it's, feels like a coin flip. It is. It, it like we should start every show just talking. I'd also about like to shout out uh, Zhang, captain of my Fred X Cup team, uh, four hundred to one. Well, you know what, Neil? I like his chances more because there's no fans around. Exactly. Whoa. Exactly. <laughs> this, he's gonna be very comfy out there. <laughs> Zang gang, baby. What do you guys think about the... Why don't you improve your lives, sir? <laughs> uh, uh, official World Golf rankings. I want to start with Tron on this one. The official World Golf rankings are starting back up this week. What's your stance on this? There's no good way to do it. I mean, it's it's a lose-lose for everybody involved. You, well, so lay out what the, what yeah, the so discrepancy but, is. So, so basically, they're starting up the World Golf rankings because, you know, what, 60% or 70% are playing this week. And so you can't not count it. But... Because the Euro Tour is not starting till July. Yeah, Euro Tour, Australasian Tour, um, you know, J- Japan Tour. I know, I know Sully's a big fan there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which there was something that came out a couple of weeks ago too that said that uh, the Japan Tour is actually under. Uh, yeah, we haven't had to dig a little deeper into that. One. <laughs> <laughs> that was wild. Really? Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah. So basically, there's no. They decided not to net up the European tour at all either. So the guys, for instance, like Fleetwood's not coming over because it doesn't make sense to sit in quarantine for two weeks or Westwood, guys like that. So they're um, they're at a disadvantage, but it seems like they're also trying to build some things into the major fields and, and WGCs and all that to where... Those fields are set, right? Exactly. The US Open's not, but ranking-wise... There's no one that can – you can't, like, play yourself in off world ranking to any of the majors or WGCs right now. And that's so, what the world rankings are mostly for. Yeah, from your show-and-tell podcast. Yes, thank a, you for it's listening. A, it's a field-setting mechanism. Yes. Which the Masters but, locked on, like, March 15th. Yes. It seems like 
if you're trying to still like the the title of the organization would seem like it's trying to rank the best players in the world when the, the best players in the world are playing this week i think you have to start it back up when yeah, for sure the top 100 guys are back to playing and some people are going to you know be at a disadvantage for that but i i i guess it's you know no one's you can't make everyone happy in this situation and it's the disadvantage isn't that real it's not a it's not, uh, I'm a Formula One expert now. It's not like the Constructor Series. <laughs> oh, like, I can't wait till they come after you. You. <laughs> just, you, just, you don't just rack up points. Like Your points are an average based on how many times you play. So, yes, the players that come out at this and play really well will benefit so slightly. Again, we're talking very slightly uh, yeah. from this. But if the players that aren't playing well are hurting themselves, like two points doesn't necessarily help you. And but, with three majors this fall and, and all that, like yeah. this is almost like a... Like a like an off season, you know, silly season kind of thing right now. Yes. Um, so as someone, uh, I forget, I think it was Endangered Species, I think on Twitter, someone, one of those guys pointed out, uh, you know, the PJ Tour stops in December. That doesn't really stop the uh, thank the you. Japan Tour and all those guys from, gotten there from racking up points. But I was I was, I was like, oh, get, that's actually a pretty good. Point. I was getting ready to get there to say, listen, all right, Euros, <laughs> all the Euro journalists, the European Tour players. If you guys want to come to the table and talk about a new official world golf ranking system because it's unjust, I would absolutely support that. I think a lot of people I'll, in the United States I'll would support that. I'll be the first that. one to admit, like, when I saw it, I was like, man, fuck this. Like, this is <laughs> bullshit. Like, Peter da Peter Dawson, you're, you're, you're not putting your money where your mouth is. And then I kind of read more into it, and I'm like, yeah, like, there's no good way to do this. Like, I went and looked this up, and I've since forgotten. But it's something like this. Three events um, at the end of 2019 that the European Tour continued on and played uh, while the PGA Tour had stopped. Five events in the prior year that were played after the PGA Tour season stops, uh, right before the end of 2018 and 2019. The further back you go, I'm sure the numbers are pretty similar. And the point is there are events, especially with the Masters, that use your end-of-year rankings as an opportunity to um, at, at, you can get into the Masters based on your end of the year ranking, and you have an opportunity on the Euro Tour to play your way in that you don't potentially have on the PGA Tour. So, if you on the European Tour, if you're a European Tour player and you have an issue with these guys earning points while you can't, you guys get this opportunity every single year, and no one has ever complained about it. So, it's I, still all to say it's not that big of a difference. Like I still believe that it's just a very half-assed understanding of the way the world ranking system worked to complain about this. I do and think it's tough to see Keith Pelly, AKA Scott Pelly getting flexed on like he did where I think that's going to happen more and more often when he was the lone dissenter. Yeah. And you know, Monahan and the PGA tour cartel are basically just going <laughs> to keep taking over golf on a larger scale. Now. Well, you could look at it that way, or he's looking out for his tour and they all decided, well, no, this is the best way we can do it. So I don't know if it was quite a flex of more as just, Hey, we disagree. And this is how we, no, I'm we just saying it's good. It. It's, it's emblematic of stuff you're going to see moving forward where like the PJ tour is going to keep flexing. Worth mentioning also that Pelly paused all the world Ryder cup points lists. Yeah. So there's that, no, those there. won't be affected for the Ryder cup. There's no effect. there. feels like kind of the best compromise all the way around i would love to hear the the case of like no there shouldn't rory rom jt <laughs> yeah. are all teeing it up no no there shouldn't be world ranking points <laughs> yeah, this here. is bullshit the scandinavian masters isn't going on <laughs> so this is bullshit hey, you keep the scandinavian masters <laughs> that, it was right. top of mind i don't, I don't know um let's if, move on next topic uh fan is official that there will be as of now I, I still say as of now i think things can change but i believe it was governor dewine said that uh, fans will be allowed to return at the memorial tournament 
which is the second event that will be held at Muirfield Village this year. This was planned to be the first event back with fans, but now it's since Ohio, the state of Ohio said it's possible for up to 8,000 people to attend. Uh, do we have any reaction to that? I'm just, I'm mentally preparing myself for all of the jilted media folks who aren't allowed to be on site this year and bitch about not, oh, I, I'm not going to get my milkshakes. I'm not going to get my milkshakes. <laughs> The milkshakes are actually in player dining, so they're very hard the to come memorial by. Media is, very rarely gets them. Is the workday first or the memorial? Workday is first. Workday is first. So workday is no f- for you, workday. Workday is no fans? No fans. But memorial is fans. Correct. I, I'm just struggling to wrap my that head around right. someone's going to win workday <laughs> and get, what, half the credit for winning at at Muirfield and or Muirfield Village, excuse me. and Half the credit as far as what? Well, what just like uh, the memorial is an elevated event, yeah. right? You get more... You get more uh, stat. You get another year of status. Exactly. Like and you get a, a lot more, a lot of extra probably. money, perks, and everything. So someone's going to win this year, but they didn't win the memorial. Like just it's, it's not the memorial. Are they going to set it up different? I hope so. They shouldn't flex and tease. So. Yeah. I don't know how different you really set it up, though. I mean, it, I, I would like to see them move fourteen up. It's like, a second shot golf course anyway. Yeah. Right? It's. Uh, and it's set to get blown up and and get renovated right after this year. Anyway. Oh, that was but, funny. Somebody was like, "Will somebody think about the members?" <laughs> Well, yeah, man, they were gonna like they weren't gonna have their course for the next year anyway. So, is there any precedent for a tournament being played at the same venue, or sorry, the same venue hosting two tournaments in a year? I mean, Pinehurst had the two tournaments in a year. Yes, the men's okay. U.S. Open and the women's U.S. Open in back-to-back weeks. No, uh, but I'm talking more about for the PGA Tour. Where U.S. Open at, at Torrey Pines in '08 also had the Farmers there okay. in that spring. Um, the Memorial was at. The Pebble. Muirfield Village in 2013, and they also had the President's Cup there that fall. Okay. Uh, Pebble does both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Pebble okay, does so both. But not in back-to-back weeks. Not back-to-back <laughs> yeah. weeks. Yeah. yeah. It's different. I think it – this is – I honestly expected way more stuff to look more like this than the current schedule is going to. The, like What the NBA is doing, NHL is doing with these, like, hub cities and stuff like that. Which, it's different with, yeah. with golf, with sponsorships, and you travel to different places to get different money from different people. But I'm surprised that there's not more. Of It'll this. be interesting to see the uh, odds for week two. Is someone's trending? Yeah, based <laughs> right? on who like, played well. Yeah, who played well in the last round? Yeah. Like, do they take that into the next week? Which, looking, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that, that the tour didn't look harder at doing, uh, like Dallas, Fort Worth being one of those hub cities and doing the AT&T Byron Nelson. There, you yeah. know, like that's I don't know. Who sense. knows? Who knows how all that stuff has played out? I assume yeah. that they have gone to every corner of the golf world that they can, that they know to try to get as many events as possible on, and, and play them all. So which for I, that, I think yeah. we can all give a benefit of the doubt on how the schedule shakes out. On that note too, um, yeah, I know like from there's schwabgolf.com, they're doing a thing like a raffle basically to help net up because all the charities, like that's who I kind of feel bad for. The, all these purses are staying exactly the same. And the ones that are taking the bath here is the local charities because they make all their fundraising on hospitality, tickets, concessions, pro-ams, pro-ams all that one. stuff. Yeah. And none of that's going on. So but they're still spending the money to have the tournament. And you know, so they're putting up their part of the purse and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. So a big shout out to uh, the John Deere Classic. We tweeted some stuff about this earlier, but they they're still donating ten million dollars to their local charities, which I mean, picture like all these you know, local charities when people can't, they're locked down in their houses, they can't donate time, they can't donate money. And a lot of times people are laid off. I mean, it's, yeah, this is the year where all these charities are going to need this money more than ever. And so John Deere got 
canceled, but they're still, I think, making a $10 million, almost $10 million donation, which was pretty wild yeah. to see. So, so another, well, another interesting, or maybe a question for me is, so Workday picks up a new tournament. I'm curious why somebody that got their tournament canceled wouldn't be sponsor for the other tournament at... Well, they probably didn't want to sign up for that. I mean, it costs a lot of millions of dollars. And John Deere isn't going to want to... Like, John Deere's headquarters yeah. is there in the Quad Cities, I believe, right? Yeah. So they're not going to say, well, let's just take our operation to Columbus, Ohio. And it's not just the media value. It's like yeah. they can't entertain... Yeah, yeah. You know, if you can't entertain clients there, you can't have hospitality, you can't do any of that stuff. Like, you're still... You're missing out on a ton of what the value is. Yeah. Question answered. There in a go. big environment where people... You know, we're... A lot of these companies are struggling mightily right now, yeah. too. So all the things considered, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that the schedule has shaken out. Again, I, when they when it came out, I was like, ah, like who know, how many of yeah. these are going to happen? And the fact that only one has been canceled so far is a surprise. I mean, I'm not saying it's the last one, um, but... And going uh, back, like I give the tour a lot of credit for, you know, making this schedule happen, for all the stuff they've done with the Corn Ferry events here. Yeah. Jax, the next two weeks, we haven't talked about that. Um, I don't think it... I don't think it's irresponsible or unsafe by any measure based on like most of these pros live in Arizona, Texas, Florida anyway. And like they've all been out playing at their local courses and being out and about. I don't think it's any undue risk to them. I think it's, yeah, it's we either start playing now or we don't start again until we have a vaccine, which and I don't think that's really reading something it. yesterday about vaccines. It's like, that's not happening for like that 12 to 18 months. Seems best case. Very, very, very unrealistic and optimistic. So, so we're excited to have golf back. We're going to see what happens. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, there's a corn fairy event at, at uh, Dyes Valley that's going to be happening this coming week. Uh, so the corn fairy is back. And then there's another one next week at the, is it at the Slammer and the Squire or the King and the Bear? King and the Bear. It's at, at the King and the Bear uh, down there. At the, for the love of golf. Yeah. You, in St. Augustine. Go. At, the, towels. at the World <laughs> Golf Hall of Fame. Owls. Slammer and the Squire and the King and the Bear. There's a local uh, World Golf Village commercial that plays here in Jacksonville that just lists all the, uh, all the great perks of the Slammer and the Squire. Including, f you can go there with friends. Uh, they no, have they offer you friends, is what they make right, it seem friends, like. Chilled apples, towels, towels, bottled water. Towels. Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's good stuff. Uh, I got a question for you, Neil. Out of the past champs, which are over and above the 144 here, so we got Owen Brown, Keith Clearwater, David Frost, Tom Lehman, and then uh, we'll include Scott McCarron in this because he got a exemption, and then Bernhard Longer is actually at 750 to one, so he's he's got. Twice as good odds as these other guys. Who's your pick to finish higher out of those guys? Longer, for sure. The guy's a menace on the Champions Tour. That's an easy one. If you take him out of it, I mean, I, I've always enjoyed Olin Brown. Podcast bump, of course. Yeah, like I think he's fun to watch. I've, I've followed him on the Champions Tour a few times. His caddy is Sandy Armour, Tommy Armour III's brother. Awesome guy. Fun to be around. Uh, so, yeah, I'd be rooting for Olin Brown. What uh, we it's been a, a while since we've all gotten on the mic and just caught up with uh, things that are going on in golf. Uh, one of the things that has happened over the past couple weeks, months, is the U.S. Open qualifying has been canceled, and they are going to be going with a fully exempt field. Uh, let me be the first <laughs> to say, U.S. closed. <laughs> <laughs> tough, uh, tough year to be working on a documentary about U.S. Open qualifying. Which or the best year to be working. Haven't on. heard if I've got an exemption or not. We don't know. We do not know for sure. You may from, have lost your number. From many, none. From many, that one's been out there. Do we uh, have any any reaction, or what? What are our thoughts on on the qualifying getting canceled? There's a lot, 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 lot of logistics that would go into hosting 
hundreds of U.S. Open qualifiers. Local qualifiers, <laughs> yeah. Locals and then sectionals. Yeah. And, yeah, like, man, it, it is. Uh, it seems like it's really hard to fault them for coming to this decision. Like, I, I don't – that's such an undertaking at a time when nobody wants to be on airplanes, nobody wants to be doing any of that stuff. That said – it's a tough year to roll out the, our whole identify, you know, our whole identity is the, uh, is the qualifying process. That's, that's tough timing on, on the new campaign, but it kind of shows their ass a little bit of like, no, like that was, that was just like a brand marketing (laughs) slogan. That's not actually who we are. And it's, it's tough in, you know, and I know there's all the behind the scenes reasons for this, but it's in, you know, relation to the open, which was like, well, if we, you know, if we can't have the open, like we're just cancel the whole thing. Like we're just not going to do it. We'll, we'll push it back to next year. Of course, I think Neil, you mentioned the pandemic insurance. Uh, that's, that's another big factor here, but yeah, it's just, they're just in a shitty spot. I don't, I don't really know what you can do differently. It feels wow. like you probably could have had some, some sort of selective sectional qualifying, especially if you're going to have the USAM. They're not having qualifying for the USAM. Not, they're not having no. any qualifying for the USAM. Okay. But, if, but well. it feels like even if it was like, all right, you know, two weeks in a row in front of the Corn Ferry event, you have because I mean, you're still having Monday qualifiers for some of these Corn Ferry events. There's one today. I don't know. It, it just feels like something could have been done. Otherwise, it's going to feel like, do you just go down the list on the World Amateur Golf Rankings? That's what I have. No idea how they're going to. You know, because by all, you know, by all accounts, they're like, no, we're still going to have a, a very representative field. representative. I was going to say diverse, but that's a bit of a loaded term. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that won't be the case. But, you know, people from a lot of different places in golf. Uh, but I don't know how the hell you do that. I think one one way you maybe do it as far as the, the Corn Ferry and PGA Tour, at least, is do a little bit like how they do the, the open, open qualifying, qualifying series. series? That. Yeah. To your point of there's something they could have done. I think that there's nothing that they would want to do more than have the qualifying. I, I think that yeah. I would be extremely hard pressed to believe that they just didn't want to try to figure qualifying out and just said, let's just go with an exempt field. I think they have gone to every realistic, made every realistic effort to do qualifying and have realized this is not possible. Now do the next. Th- so it's either there's three things here. It's either we have qualifying and have the U S open we don't have qualifying and have the U.S. Open, or we don't have qualifying and don't have the U.S. Open. This is the second best option because the Open Championship getting canceled sucks. Like I, I would rather that be played with an exempt field than not be played as a golf fan. Like that sucks. Two things. I'd love to, maybe if it was leaked, to see like what, what were the alternatives that they tossed around. Did they even go through the exercise of how could we do a modified qualifying and what were the negatives that led to that being not the case, right? And two, I really hope they lean into what I've always thought of the U.S. Open as the toughest test in golf, and they just make it like a complete catastrophe, plus, you know, over par rounds at Wingfoot. Like, I'm all in on that. Like, this year is going to be the hardest U.S. Open because it's a professional field, and we're just going to punch them in the face. They're going to have a hard time doing that in, in the fall with less daylight. I didn't say – I didn't. I, I, I just <laughs> said that's what time. I want. Yeah. But, listen, I, I understand it might it's not be tough, possible. A tough draw also just going to – like New, New York. York of yeah, all places this year too. It's, I mean, it's just I, a, it's kind of the worst possible case, I think, for them. Pretty much all the way around. I would say a major, major, extremely important aspect of the U.S. Open is the open nature. Of course, that anyone can qualify for it. I will say there is almost no effect on the championship outcome 
that on, comes from the qualifying. On the tip top of the of championship. The tip top, yes, yeah. of like deciding a champion. Yes. So, so there's a lot of like low am at the US Open. Like sure. that's that's a big deal for people. Which and, that'll still be Yeah. It'll still yeah. be a, a yeah, low totally. Yeah. yeah. So is it closer to the Hail American Open than it is the US Open? Yes, I think. But if it if we can like strap together and be like, oh, okay, this is the US Open, we turn it on this fall, then I think that's gonna be a worthwhile endeavor. It just, I don't know. I mean, I I guess they announced the qualifying stuff, what, four, four and a half months ahead of time. You know, give it another month and keep plugging away at different opportunities or different ideas and stuff like that. It just seemed a little bit. I just wonder if, like, for planning, like, oh, renting he, all those golf courses. Yeah, talking doing to the State all, Golf like, Association. Yeah. I, I get that. But even if it's a limited qualifying versus, you know, or you work with a variety of mini tours to do it or whatever, you know, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, sounds like a logistical nightmare, and they pulled the cord on it. It sucks, but it is uh, it is a thing, and we'll we'll move open season to next year. That's right. Hopefully, hopefully the PGA Tour has announced PGA Tour U. The U. U. <laughs> uh, does somebody want to detail uh, what the uh, what PGA Tour University is? Sure, happily. So it's a ranking system that's going to be done in conjunction with uh, the Wagger, the World Amateur Golf Rankings, which basically highlights a way it's creating another path for top college stars to get onto the corn Ferry tour. And I think it's probably not, you know, it's pretty much a direct, I would say response to the Brooks Kepka's Peter Uline's kind of like, why don't, you know, why wouldn't you just go to Europe and try to get your world ranking up and, uh, you know, make the PJ tour that way. And so the idea here is it's a, a new points list ranking list of, uh, that's open to D1 players who complete four years in college or three years if they truly graduate early, which I thought was kind of a sick wrinkle. The top five finishers from that rankings list will receive Corn Ferry Tour membership uh, starting after the NCAA championship. So whatever that is, kind of like mid-May or early May. And then the next finishers, I think six through 15, kind of get random status, uh, not random, but you know, status on PJ Tour Latino America, McKenzie Tour, and, and PJ Tour China. So, yeah, I don't know. Tron, you want to kind of pick it up there? It's it's an interesting topic. Yeah. I mean, I know one of the one of the drawbacks is it doesn't factor in amateur events. It just factors in collegiate events. That but was think, one of the things that was weird to me. Yeah. But that's a, I think that that's opening up a whole other can of worms, especially if the stated intent is you don't want guys bailing on college prematurely to prep for you know, Q school or bailing on their team in the spring yeah. and then missing the NCAA championship. Like I feel, I feel like college golf is a, is an important part of the texture of the game. And yeah, that's a hard one. I like inherently I feel the same way and I, you know, but on the other hand, I'm like, well, if you're trying to identify the best players and get them to the PJ tour, like why do we give a shit about college golf? Like why, why do we care whether they're there for four that years was or my not? My question is how, how involved was the NCAA in this? Right. That's and that's right. what is it is. This, is this a boon to the NCAA if it's to prop up collegiate golf and make it more appealing for guys, which I think is cool. Like that's that's uh, seems like a worthy. I'm uh, more into it if the NCAA cost. is not involved. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, but, I, just looking at the at the world rankings of like how many of these guys went to college for four years right now. I would struggle <laughs> with it to answer these questions. I mean, Rory, yeah. no. Rom left early, I believe. I think Brooks left early to go to Europe. I think believe i could be wrong on this jt i don't think went all four years dustin i don't remember adam scott i don't remember like point being I, a lot of these guys have left early <laughs> i know you get down into yeah. like 
Ricky and Spieth and, you know, all but those think, guys. But it's I like, think there's this second level of guys like a Braden Thornberry. Totally. Or Norman yeah. Zhang or a Will Zalatoris who, like, they they leave early. They don't have any success. And then it's like, shit, man. Like, why did I leave early? Yeah. I don't think there's a downside to incentivizing them to stay. That's where that, yeah. I agree with that. It improves the product in the Corn Ferry Tour. The other thing, like, and Olin Brown was bitching about it on Twitter the other day. He's like, yo, this is bullshit. Like, the... We're just taking slots from guys, and it's like, oh man, like oh, we're, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna talk about about all the shit that you've done to protect older guys and guys that are incumbents. The guys that this has taken a slot away from are like guys that missed all twelve cuts at the beginning of the corn fairy season, and then they're not getting those starts. Then it's five spots. I'm not, not all spots are equal on these tours. Yeah. And too. To, to me, it's there's no there's nothing in there that I read that prevents people from leaving early. No, no, no. Right? You can so absolutely like the, do with it. With the NBA, it's like you have to go to college yeah. for a year. Yeah. It, you can still, they can still do that, but now they just have an option or they're rewarded if they peak later in their college career. And I think that's like that's it's strictly, great. it's strictly additive. Yeah. And I think it is interesting too that it's, as I understand it, it's a two year window as well. So it's going to factor in your last two years of college. So if you are, you know, you think you're a generational talent, but maybe you don't have such a good year, your junior year, like, yeah. If you know you're going to be pretty much out of the ranking or you shot yourself in the foot, like, cool, go ahead and, and go for it and forego your senior year. So it's going to be – it's just kind of a weird mix of guys who are going to leave early, like, I don't care, I'm not going to – I'm going to risk it, mm-hmm. and the guys who are going to stick around and go for it. So you're going to have kind of a, an interesting mix of, of people, I think. To me, it seems less arbitrary than, like, Q-School does. Like, this is yeah, more yeah. earned. Like, yeah, Q-School yeah. is a bit I, – I, I mean, there's several stages to Q school, and it is grueling, and it's a a hard test for a reason. And I don't think there's necessarily great players that have been held back from Q school, but it's a bit random as to who gets a card for a whole season based just on well, Q yeah, school. Yeah, it rewards someone from taking like a ton. You see these guys that have a ton of momentum coming yeah. off the NCAA championship and allows them to just parlay yep. that. I think that's good. That's yeah. a, a yeah. good reward for playing balling out in college i think it's so ironic that some of the people that complain about stuff like this like some of these old pga tour pros like their sons have gotten exemptions into tournaments or you know they've floated their sons for q school and it's like come on guys like you don't see the other side of this right why don't we go through any other uh you guys want to go around and any other headlines that caught your caught your eye can we just touch on real quick corn fairy next two weeks the alternate list oh my god I mean, like Kyle Stanley is what first alternate. He's for? an alternate on both to- at both events this week. Yeah, so it's really? it's well, it, I don't know how it works when you go down a level, right? But and it's it's confusing because there's PGA Tour guys playing the Corn Ferry events, right? And it's if you don't get in these fields, like your guys are going to get squeezed out of these fields at you know, especially the Invitationals to start things up. And so they're going down to play corn fair. You can go play the corn fairy if you're not eligible for right. the the top of level tour, uh, or the the mo the whatever tier. I, I I don't know exactly how it works to be honest. But yeah, the alternate list for it's it's definitely not built for, you know, guys who finished in the 125 last year and don't get into this yeah. this year's like it's this kind is, of an interesting deal. It's a really tough time to be at the PGA Tour competitions department fielding all these calls because you've got like. Getting into the invitationals, you've got the current year FedEx Cup list, you've got last year's FedEx Cup list, you've got past champions, you've got world rankings, you've got like it's and nobody's like taking tournaments exactly. off exactly now. Yeah. So Kyle, yeah. I hear you, man. I, <laughs> I hear you. I'm doing everything I can. Okay, we're we're hoping Jason Day withdraws. Okay, <laughs> fingers crossed. Likely, 
There should be world ranking points up for grabs in the Corn Ferry qualifier. Yeah, today. there's. I, I I think we'll where it will net out in the way the system is set up is it's a lot of play better. I mean, really yeah. is what it is. I don't think that there's. I don't think that there is a great injustice to anyone that's really out there. The guys that are surviving on the fringes of pro golf, it just became a lot harder. That's well, what it is. Give me, it's give me a few names from the Corn Ferry alternate list. Well, the just the qualifier today, you got Julian Surrey playing, which he's got, you know, full Euro Tour status. Uh, you got Will Gordon playing, who's probably gonna get his card via Special Temporary. Yeah, special temporary. He's he's almost to the point where he's got in the one twenty five there. Uh Smiley Kaufman's in there. Let's see, you got our boy Drew Love in there. Uh, I was going to sign up for this until I saw it. Norman Zhang. $450. Chris Paisley. Uh, Josh Scobie, former <laughs> former Jaguars punter. Martin Pillar. Scobie's handicap is uh, plus 4.9. Matt right Ryan? Now. Was that no, QB it's a, Matt Ryan? No, it's a different, different oh. Matt Ryan. Uh, Ollie Schneiderjans. And then the withdrawals. Brendan DeYoung, Derek Ernst, Steve Marino. Jeez. But yeah, like I know Blom is an alternate, I think. for Ryan Blom's got his PGA Tour card and he's an alternate for the... Corn Ferry event this week. Because I think there's only like a certain amount of spots for yeah, the tour guys. Category. So once you're down, then you go down, get bumped to the back of the line. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's kind of tough rub the green situation that the first two events back on the tour are limited field events. And they do them each field drastically differently where like like Zach Blair, our buddy, is in the field this week in at Colonial, but he's not in the field next week at Harbortown because they Colonial goes off of this year's FedEx Cup list and Harbortown goes off of last year's. FedEx Cup points list. Hmm. Well, and but shout out to the tour for getting these corn fairy events up and running. Yeah. Like it would be it, these are events were created out of nowhere. Neither yeah. of these existed, and they're going to be back to back events. Guys don't have to travel between them. Are they televised or no? Not will not be televised. Uh, and then there's even some uh, mini tour events that are going to be played for guys that like miss the Monday the the qualifier. You can stay and play a mini tour event this week and then go back for the Monday qualifier for next week event at the, at the world golf hall of fame. It's like the high school football coach. We'll compete in the parking lot. (laughs) We don't, we don't need fans. We don't need stands. We'll compete. You can compete anywhere, man. So, um, which uh, rumor, it's going to, we'll see how, how things play out, but I, I might be playing in the mini tour event next week. So, I have not been practicing, so what are the, what are the odds looking like? Well, pretty good. Yeah. I, would, I would no, say. your your odds to win. Oh, pretty bad. Yeah, actually, pretty good odds. They're, you can right. get very very good prices. Clearwater esque odds. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. What about uh, any other headlines that uh, caught your eye this week? Let's, let's go around the horn here. TC. You know what? We bag on him a lot. I want to give proper credit to Justin Rose for partnering with the Ladies European Tour. <laughs> he did a. Not sure quite what to call it. I think he just contributed money to basically have have a series of, of events in England for the ladies European tour, give these ladies somewhere to play. Obviously, the European tour has been wrecked, and I, and I can't imagine the downstream effects of that on, you know, because it's all kind of built into one as far as all these. So, you know, just kind of putting your money where your mouth is and, and doing some good stuff there. So good on Justin Rose and, uh, you know, all this in the midst of, him uh, no longer partnering with Onma. I'd, right. I'd love to know how much that per tournament, like what, they were like, we need X amount of money to run each tournament time, you know, times seven, right? It's seven tournaments. Well, I'd imagine it's mostly purse, right? I would think so. Okay. Yeah, I'm guessing the operations are very low key for, yeah. for something like that that's not televised. I'm sure it's a couple rules officials and, you know, some scoring. But Yeah. Deej. Yeah. I, uh, one, one that caught my eye was, uh, 
the homies at Augusta National Golf Club uh, making dropping another bag of money uh, to scoop up a shopping center. Uh, I think it was a record-breaking purchase for them, $26 million to buy uh, one of the Washington Road uh, 15-acre shopping centers. Do you know what the anchor store was? Uh, I do. Hold on one second. Is it a Winn-Dixie? Because I was, I was curious if it was priced to move or not. Augusta National's putting all Whole Foods in. <laughs> I don't have it. I, you know what? I think it was a fresh market. Maybe oh, I think I, okay. I think I remember. Wow. I, I could be wrong on that, but I don't have the story in front of me. But I'm I'm sure it's there. But Bob Herrig, I believe, estimates that this uh, brings Augusta National spending spree over the last three years to seventy million dollars that they've spent on adjacent properties, just on land, just on land. So yeah. Any and the point is to expand. Well, the point, like I know, some of it was hospitality. Some of it was building the new press center, the worldwide broadcast center, whatever they call it. They had to build a tunnel under Washington road to do that. Uh, some of it was the Augusta country club land that they bought behind 13, which, you well, know, no, I'm talking about this shopping center specifically. Oh, this, I, I don't know. I don't know that they've, what the purpose is. It basically just hit like the public records that yeah. their kind of like land holding company made this big purchase. I mean, at so. some point, are they just going to build housing for all the players? I, I would think at some point. Well, I was but... expecting you to say it was a, you know, a big box retailer. Like they're running the Amazon playbook. They're going to scoop up JCPenney in bankruptcy. That, that's the word on the street. Amazon's going to buy JCPenney. Really? For like basically for the real estate. Just put in distribution centers? More distribute, just like the Whole Foods play, right? Oh. Just put more local distribution centers. But if it's a fresh market, I mean, it's like they're not really buying anything in distress. No, no, no. I think it was, uh, I think it was like, you know, if we could buy it bold, pre-bulldozed, I'm sure they would have <laughs> done that as well. Uh, but anyways, that, that caught my eye. Speaking of Herrick, I, I, I do want to say I feel bad for him because the photo department <laughs> at ESPN keeps letting him down. Every time he writes an article about Muirfield Village or anything to do with Muirfield Village, the photo editors at ESPN.com keep putting up a picture of Muirfield Golf Club in Scotland. And he's like, God, not again. <laughs> well, speaking of which, that the was... Scott should get on that, that photo editor about that. For sure. That, that get on him. Let's go. I also go. want everybody to know it's not Bob's fault. That would, and speaking of which, also, my headline was uh, there was something going around the golf.com social of who was better, peak Tiger versus peak Rory. Uh, which is on the social team, not on Sean Zock, who wrote the article. Basically, it, were they talking about golf? Was it at golf? Or exactly was it who's it was. better at <laughs> like something else? I think it was who's better at quarantine. Peloton. Uh, yeah, that's what. Maybe that's what it was. It's an article that really doesn't say you know either of those things. It basically shows that Peak Tiger was the best yeah. ever, of course, which we know. It was a race nation. It was, uh, <laughs> and uh, the headline is just a clickbait to try to get people riled up. And uh, it worked. And it worked. I think it was a conscious strategy to lean into, uh, you know, getting ratioed to basically <laughs> be able to sell your engagement stats and say, hey, look at us. We're doing well over here. Which we, as part of the fake news media that we refuse to be a part of. So. Uh, yeah. I don't know that that much thought would do it. I think it was just a dumb Why else tweet? would you clickbait that article? I don't know. Maybe it's just a dumb. Let's, like, let's just say this, this playbook was run at Golf Digest about four I, or five years I ago. I don't know. Neil? Uh, headline of the week for me is Tron's playing lefty for the next year. And I, he caught me off guard. I almost fell off the couch when he told me last week. I hadn't been, I'd been uh, away for a couple weeks fixing up the house at Sweetens. I come back and Tron's, uh, we're going out to play golf uh, Monday after, last Monday afternoon. And he's going through the lefty clubs. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm playing lefty for the next 12 months. I was like, really? Ex I'm sorry, what? Yeah, hit me, hit, give, me the, give me the tiger. Oh, uh, that works too. What's that? <laughs> I was like, what's that? <laughs> really? 
So I am two thumbs way up. I think it, it's one of those like, you know, big annual challenges that I love. Like I'm a sucker for those, and I cannot wait to see. You've already gotten better. I've seen progress. Uh, we were doing some filming of your swing uh, last Thursday, and uh, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, a couple, couple. Just it's not some bullshit contrarian play, which is I, I did a Friday afternoon news dump. You know, I think I released it about six p.m. Friday evening. Panther Mike's dad is going to be my coach. Shout out, Chris uh, Foley. Chris Foley. Chris Foley Golf Schools. Been trading stuff with him uh, already and pulling my front shoulder out way too much. Can we just underscore the headline here? So you're left-handed exclusively, exclusively for 12 full months, and you are yeah. not left-handed. You don't write left-handed. <laughs> That's you do important. Yeah, like I, I write lefty. I kick lefty. So for you to do that, this is this is awesome because you are full right-handed. Yeah, you you have a weird dexterity thing going on because like Neil he plays he played tennis lefty play tennis lefty but he plays baseball and baseball golf and basketball righty and I kick lefty and afraid, I like a finer things I write lefty afraid of commitment maybe dexterily confused <laughs> a little bit yeah yeah so can we just ask you why a variety of reasons first <laughs> why? of all why like I don't why? know like what's the difference between me shooting 78 and 75 right-handed like there's there's not right like 25 shots what? No, 78 and 75. You go, what's the difference? Oh, I thought you were saying between like, oh, your no, lefty score. No, but right? like there's just, you know, it's like I've, I've kind of peaked. My goal my goal that we set at the beginning of the year was to make the mid-am. The mid-am's canceled. Uh, I'm having another, my wife and I expect another child in October. So I don't want to grind to get down to, you know, a scratch basically. Like that's just not going to happen. But I think this is kind of a different kind of practice and everything like that. I think long-term, it's going to be accretive to my right-handed game. I think it'll make my course management better, balance out my body, you know, as far as muscular and everything like that. Like, I know VJ and there's a variety of guys who have done this, Mac O'Grady. Bryson um, will probably start doing it. Yeah, and I think, you know, yeah, so each time, basically, we went out to do the lefty challenge. That night, I was just like, man, I am, like, I'm mentally drained, but in a good way. And so the two times I've been out and played lefty since then, same deal. It's like, it, it's just flexing different muscles and doing, you know, just using a different part of my brain. And then, yeah, I think it, it makes our, all of us are under eight handicaps now at this point with, with Randy's rapid improvement over the last year. So I think it makes some of well, our content. I don't know if DJ's under eight. He's 8.1. Been, exactly. Okay. So I would say the, it makes our content more relatable. It's to go, I've gone from an eight to a four. Going from a four to a two, it feels so much harder, and it's a bit discouraging when you're like, God, I'm, you know, to continue to get better, righty, the gains are so much harder to get. You whereas, can go backwards quick too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I can see how this is a very appealing in that way. It takes uh, me back to my favorite summer I ever had with golf, where I'd never broken ninety before. This was maybe seventh grade. I'd never broken ninety before, and then went from shooting eighty-eight, eighty-seven, eighty-six. 84 and then shot 76 out of nowhere one day just making that that constant improvement and no and like seeing it because it's so it's so transparent and it's so clear my biggest concern was pace of play but i think we've i we've, was going to bring that up we played I, I the other day you made a concerted effort you're playing your two things that have helped your pace of play you step up and hit the ball like you're not uh whereas i think righty a lot of us tend to like we're so deep in our own head with like swing keys and stuff that we end up playing slower when we're better and you took off immediately like and your tc's walking his lonely road uh and you kind of i see him on the tee box and then i see him on the green but in between i'm like where's tc well and he's way up there so we played together the other day uh your first 18 hole lefty round yeah sure, sure. so i played nine holes earlier in the week i shot 60 
We were on 59 watch, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you shot 60 on nine holes, but you shot 105 playing from the green tees at Jack's Beach. Got every shot. I thought was extremely admirable. But just greens is one back from the reds? Uh, two one back, back the between yeah, the reds the and the whites. Yeah. yeah. Probably 5,700 yards. Yeah. A lot of the reactions to your, to your Friday news dump were like, oh, well, what are, you know, how do your playing partners feel about this? Could not be more thrilled. It's the most. Seconded. We've played hundreds of rounds of golf together, and it's. As exciting as you know, playing a match like a really good match between the two of us. Like every shot could either be spectacular, like the best shot he's ever hit left-handed, or it could be a, a Hindenburg, like <laughs> no, whiff. no, 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 yeah. And it's just you're completely on the edge of your seat. We played walking with a foursome, and we were we waited on every I played single behind you guys, and we were not waiting on. The only reason we were waiting on you is because the group ahead of you. We were waiting on every single shot. We we played in I think three and a half hours, uh, pace of play, not an issue. It's just, I, I also completely relate to the plateau standpoint. There's a try you, you got, you know, you've, you've broken par, you comfortably break eight. Like there's no more worlds to conquer. What do you, what do you know? What are you going to well, do? The other thing I'd say about pace of play for a beginner golfer is different than say for you yeah, relearning exactly. it because like I've noticed trying to help my girlfriend learn to play. Things like teeing the golf ball up take like 15 seconds. It's like, is that one high? Is that high enough? Is that low? It's like those little things that you know how to do aren't going to slow you down, right? Whereas a beginner golfer, all that stuff is what takes forever. I haven't played with Tron yet who's doing it, but he watched him hit a couple balls in the range. And he, it was not everyone, obviously, but he dropped a couple in the slot like better than he does right-handed. Like, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> I think I'm more on plane. You're still yeah. doing, you still do the David Duvall Sornstam where, though, where your head comes up. Which is a good footage thing. last night. It's 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 uh so that that is. I want a skin over. in our exactly. in our Thursday it game. It, it was, it was green tees. I don't know if we should yeah. give it to this kid. <laughs> I, I, I hit a bomb of a putt. And he I freaked out. We're standing on the tee back there, and he's going nuts. It was pretty cool. Well, but that's yeah. the whole thing, right? Is like, when was last time you? I mean, we yeah. all get excited about birdies, but about, when was the last yeah. time like, holy shit, I have a birdie putt? Yeah, this is amazing. Like, it's a feeling you can't capture I'm since a, you I'm were. And I'm you know, about 65 percent of the way there with the birdie challenge. If I can close out the birdie challenge left-handed, like <laughs> that'd be gross. <laughs> that's sick. And, I would say I, I yeah. think I get what you're saying that you peaked, but I definitely don't think you've peaked right no, now. No, I don't. But Plateaued I think, but I think it's going to yeah. take so much yes. work, and I'm just not. That's just not my headspace gotcha. right yeah, now. I agree. Plus, my son, I think, is left-handed. So I think. Think, I think this will help me, which actually uh, Finno, Tommy Fleetwood's caddy, Ian Finnis, he, his son's name is also Freddie. And he posted a picture of him. He's also lefty and he was bashing on the ball and it looked exactly like Freddie. So I'm like, oh, we got to get these two together and go. play. But, uh, but yeah, it should, it should, you know, suit me to at least help him know what to work on. Too. Just, just to answer any, any more questions like tourist sauce. Yeah. Lefty. Yes. Any kind of invites to trust fund Tron is playing left-handed, you know. Yeah. Cypress. There's, there's Valley. You, there Valley. may be some flexes. You might, within the next 12 months, you might play a round or two right-handed. Maybe. I don't think you're listening. Yeah, no. I'm trying to build you in not. any, some kind of buffer. Like I if think, you got a, so I thought about it. The, only, the only one that I think I would do righty would be Pine Valley just because it's so hard. Yes, don't do that. <laughs> but if you got an Augusta invite, you'd play it left. But so the thing is, like Augusta, like my my chipping and my wedge play might actually be better lefty than it is righty. I mean, how good did I chip? Well, I just think it makes you. It takes the low percentage shot completely out of play. Like remember yeah. we were, so we were, you know, we kind of hit our drives. I like snap hooked a drive and he mega blocked it like high and left, and. 
so we're kind of playing from the same spot and right-handed i'm able to hit like a low hook punch you know shot that runs 210 lefty he is not able to do that so it's just like cool i just need to play back to the fairway chip on two putt make five and i think the chipping is the same way where it's like if you're short-sighted or something like you're not trying to hit some mega spinny soft hands high flop that lands right next to the flag you're just like nope i just need to chip out over here and two putt and it just takes the bladed chips out of play it takes the like chipping with a lot of pitching wedges exactly and uh so that's very interesting and something that like i think i can probably even take away from my game the i i'm excited if say he did get an invite to augusta national like how cool would it be 10 years from now like Toronto, have you played Augusta? Yeah, I played once, but it was the year I was playing left. <laughs> like that, exactly. What a memory. The, like, that's the best. I think that's the, the thing. I can't, I can't cop out and, like... Exactly. It's, it's all lefty. Like, shit, we're going to Scotland next year. Like, I think my best... So the overarching goal is to break 80 on a legitimate, like, 6,200-yard-plus 6, 6, course. And I think my best chance of doing that is on the old course. What if we do the match against Max and Shane that we've been claiming we're going to be doing? I mean, depending on how long he's been playing lefty, we might want him to play lefty. Yeah, maybe the strokes is goes way in our favor. Oh, and you will be keeping a handicap. Yeah, under yeah, Tron I'm Carter. keeping a handicap under Tron Carter. And so anybody who, because that was there were a few people who slid in. Oh, you're just going to manipulate? No, I'm I'm doing totally so, separate. Ah, ah, ah. Let me be clear. <laughs> yeah. So does anyway, that, does we'll, that conform we'll, with USGA? We'll track question. it. Um, we'll do. You know, we'll talk about it on. Various pods, I'm sure. We'll we need to shoot the before stuff. video we'll and do. then the end at the end of the year. Well, we kind of have it, the lefty challenge. Right. That's yeah. day one, yeah. right? And it was it was not pretty. I think even the 18-hole round, like I, shooting 105 was is lower than I would have thought for first full 18-hole round. Yeah. And, and and that was before. Like I wanted to get a baseline before I started working with Chris yeah. Foley. And then and you made a nine from the middle of the fairway on 18, too. Yeah. Could have been could have been a lot better. As far like, like I was I, I was most worried hmm. about the chipping <laughs> and the putting and everything, and le- the least worried about the driving. And it's actually the opposite. That's so far. That's my takeaway: is if you're going to break eighty, you have to build the golf game of like a seventy-six-year-old man. Like you have to. My putting's got to be. You have top to make notch. everything on the greens, and you got to just hit every fairway because yeah. you're not going to like your power is going to go up, and you're you're you hit the driver still fairly far when you. When you catch it, but I mean, it's just—it's not like you're building it's your. Going, it's going way left, which you're if not I can building get that, your right-handed game. You're that, building a totally different yeah. game. The, I mean, the dream is to have that high, that high cut lefty. That's the aspirational like. Then you can carry two drivers, then, play lefty and righty. Then you know what? I want to. I'm dying to go to Augusta and play lefty. <laughs> that, wow! Is that anybody ever done that? I don't think so. Nota Begay used to putt both ways, yeah. but. What a, oh my God, what a tool in the tool belt. Seriously. <laughs> if I can get the high lefty fade going, Augusta, watch out. <laughs> oh, I just want to say, again, I, I commend you. I'm, yeah, I'm in I'm full support. It's, it it's just, makes me, it get, jacks me up. And I think it's awesome to see you excited about golf in that exactly. way. Where instead of it being like, ah, oh, man, I'm better than this. Like, I, like, I'm going backwards. It's like, no, it's basically only yeah. forwards. It's it, what a refreshing take on the game. It's like last year, I, I shot in the 60s for the first time ever. And and so this year, it's like, all right, like every round I play could be the best round I've ever played. Exactly. Friend of the program, Laz, also put it very uh, uh, succinctly. He said, you know, like you're, what are you, 34, 35, 34, 34, 34? I think. He's like, man, you're you're about to hit the point where your body is just like, not going to be agreeing with you very much and you're sacrificing a full year of your right-handed game for this project that 
That is commendable in yeah. itself. I Guys, can't I'm wait not, to see it. But if not now, then when? Exactly. Please don't use that word. I could do it next year, but I'm going to be a year older. Exactly. You know? So, all right, let's wrap it at that. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we will be doing live shows every on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week um, after play wraps on uh, Golf Channel and CBS, and we're ready to talk some golf. We're excited. So welcome back, golf, and uh, we will be back for a wrap-up episode on Sunday. Schwab. 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 Say it again. Say it again. Schwab. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything.